Stay gold. Hurricast. Stay gold. Hurricast. Welcome back to the Golden Hurricast, a weekly podcast covering Golden Hurricane athletics at the University of Tulsa. I'm Ryan Token. I'm Matt Rectin. And I'm Pat Fox. And at the time of this recording here, um, Sunday night, we have officially hit the 250 total play mark. And we're really happy with that and are very much enjoying this show so far, despite uh, Tulsa's play this season being, being pretty bad. In general, fun fact: Luke Skipper has not thrown for 250 yards this season. Ouch! More listens than than I'm Skipper yards. Fun fact: That's a sad fact. That's up to Matt. That's his job. Yeah. Sorry, Matt. Didn't mean to, <laughs> didn't mean to hit your turf there. <laughs> That's the one thing I have. Uh, but a but a really big thank you to everyone who's listened or shared this podcast so far. Um, please keep doing that. We really appreciate it. Uh, but just imagine how fun this show would be if this were basketball season or we were good at football. We're looking loaded this year in basketball, so I'm looking forward to that. Um, anyway, on to football. We played Temple on Thursday night. Bright lights of primetime ESPN. So we got everybody watching just to see us look so bad. Another uh, slow start, just like every other game this season. Except this time, we did not finish strong. We also uh, finished slowly. Terrible game um, altogether. We honestly moved the ball against Temple pretty well the whole game. Uh, but you're never going to win the game when your QB turns it over five times on, on his own. And that is a real, that's a killer. You can't do that. Three picks, two fumbles lost, that's going to be a loss every time. And the worst part, in my opinion, is we lost by 14 to a team whose starting quarterback went 7 for 20 with two interceptions. <laughs> And had a total QBR of like 29 or something awful. We still lost by 14. Uh, so just a terrible showing, but um, I don't know. Do you guys think, and I just want to put this to you right off the bat, do you think there will be, and also do you want there to be a quarterback change after this bye week against Houston? I definitely want there to be. Yeah, I think we're all in agreement that there needs to be a change because this isn't working out. I mean, it's been four games. We talked about in our first episode, like, how long or how big of a, like, how much room do you give Skipper to not, like, not be successful before something changes. And I think we talked about either, you know, four games like going into the bye week or right before conference play, which, I mean, it's not technically before, but it's right before the meet of conference play. So I think now would be a good time to do it, but I'm not sure if it's going to happen or not. If they don't do it this week, I don't think they do it until like unless we're like one and eight. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> like right. I think if we want to, I don't know if like salvage the season, but if we want to take a new turn, definitely it's we'd have to change to either president or more likely and hopefully Boomer. Yeah, I don't think there's a chance we switch to president because we've already tried him out and decided that he wasn't getting the job done enough, and so that's when we skipped or switched to Skipper. Yeah, the one thing. So the one thing I'm just wary of. We don't know if Boomer's good. Yeah, it's hard to tell. It's like <laughs> all these like mistakes that Skipper makes. Like, I mean, there's. I don't think there's a reason he started. He might just actually Boomer just could be worse. Yeah, that's just terrifying to think about. Like, <laughs> and it's just it's just bad because he like. 
I, I mean, Skipper and the O-line lost us the game. Yeah. I mean, those 14 points off of turnovers by Skipper was the difference. Literally the difference. Mm-hmm. And, God, it's, it's just hard to watch. And I was looking at the box score. They had six sacks and nine tackles for loss. I mean, look at it, six and nine. So nice. <laughs> um, but that just shows how bad, like, the, I mean, the O-line just was horrible. Yeah, he was getting pressured all game. But and he shouldn't hold the, like, you, you guys played bingo. This, if you played bingo, you saw one of the things was, if Skipper holds the ball away from his body, like, as far as possible, he did that, like, four times. They forced four fumbles, <laughs> and, like, fumbles are all luck. Thank God they only recovered two. Yeah, it was tough, man. It's really hard. Like, watching watching Skipper on the field, when he's not fumbling, uh, his his throws generally look decent until, like, they get to the receiver, and then you realize they're, like, five yards too short every time. But outside of his, like, underthrows, his quick throws are still good. He gets us out of a lot of, a tr- a lot of trouble with his legs pretty often. So that parts of it are promising. It's just how many times do we have to see a lost fumble because he runs with it, you know, holding it out five feet to the side. Yeah, that's the one thing he can definitely like. He can that's just... 100% on him. Yeah. Like receivers, like sometimes they don't get great separation, so it's hard for them to like create yards after catch or like him to, he has to squeeze in tight windows. Like one of those interceptions, I don't, like one of them was like a crazy fluke, how that old guy caught yeah, it. Yeah, that was, that was a crazy And the play. other one was he was just taking a shot downfield with us down 14. Like that was, those weren't too bad. Yeah. But the fumbles were god awful. So bad. Well, one of them was he was hit from behind. So one of them wasn't, wasn't too bad i didn't think but the one where the first one that was not bad was he was hit from the blind side or actually i think it was not the blind side but he was hit and but he was looking the opposite direction and was hit hard and he wasn't looking at the guy so i could see that one the one that made no sense to me he was kind of just slowly wrapped up and kind of spun around and he's kind of just like, he, he, yeah, his hands he like tried like... to switch hands with the ball or something and just like whoop there it goes out of his hands don't i don't get it man it was oh it was hard to watch my fear about if we switch from Skipper right now, I mean, our next two opponents are Houston and South Florida. They're so good. And so even if we switch... Ed Oliver is going to set the record <laughs> for sacks in a game against oh, us. Dude, I can't imagine how many how many fumbles we'd had we'd have if we have Skipper going up against Oliver. Oh, that's scary. Um, I, I'm looking up Ed Oliver's stats right now, but God, it's going to be... Yeah, so, I mean, that just makes me hesitant... Not maybe not hesitant, but like even if we bring in a new a new guy, are we gonna see much difference against two like? I would say, I mean these should be the strongest teams we've played so far this season. Oh yeah, except well okay maybe Texas. Still, yeah, Texas I don't know about Texas. Now. Texas, what are Texas they? is winning the fucking I mean, national we, championship. <laughs> we almost beat Texas, and then they turn around and they beat USC and TCU. Yeah. So I mean, I guess Texas is now maybe one of the best teams in Texas. Uh, it doesn't make sense to me. But yeah, so these are gonna be like I think I think two of our tough toughest games. They're both on ESPN, so that'll be exciting if we're uh struggle as much as we did last time, so that I guess people will take pot shots at us on Twitter, even though some of those pot shots are awful. Uh, say anti shout out to Underdog Dynasty. Those some terrible tweets I thought by them. Awful takes. But yeah, I just I don't know if we'll see much of an improvement from quarterback against two of the stronger defenses. So I could see Montgomery like not wanting to throw like Boomer into the wolves. 
Well, Ed Oliver actually has zero sacks this year. I think I guess that's going completely off reputation. Is that right? Yeah, that's so surprising. He, do, he does have a lot of tackles. Like he had thirteen again. Well, that's against Rice. So he's had like a decent year, but not as good as you'd think. Well, the guy. reason is because probably like people double and triple team. Yeah, him yeah, 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 yeah. He's, he's by far the best player on that team. How many team. sacks does Houston have overall? It'll take me a second to find that, but okay. they do. He's definitely getting double and triple teamed, but he is incredibly talented. Yeah, if in case any listeners don't know who he is, he's a Houston D lineman who was, I think, preseason ESPN had him on the cover of Sports Illustrated. So different. He was the number one he was, yeah. NFL prospect Listen going into the, the year, guy, which is unbelievable. Yeah, now that Bosa's like out, he's probably gonna keep that title, right? Yeah, I think so because yeah. he's yeah he got seriously hurt. So yeah, we've got to go up against him. <laughs> and if if Boomer is in there and that's his first game, that's that's a tough situation to be thrown into. But if he comes out on top, then we have like, would we could we say we found the chosen one at that point? If we I mean, you know, you Tony's think so? Been team boom since like freaking yeah, like the Reagan administration. It makes you think he's no you fan. <laughs> it's true, but like, says Boomer. It, can we consider him the chosen one if that's the case? If he plays well against Houston, because guess who else played well against Houston last year? Oh, Skipper. I was going to say Dane Evans. Skipper's first big-time game, yeah. and he we won by 20 or whatever, and now Skipper is you know doing what he's doing. So I don't know. I, th- I mean, the next big thing is always the guy you don't know anything about. But Skipper, yeah, he came in and he did well, and so we were proclaiming him as the chosen one, and then we lost the rest of our games that season. Um, so not great. So we'll see. <laughs> I don't know. Something I was happy to see, though, um, been waiting for Hobbs to kind of break out, and he got... Tons of targets last game, had nine total touch- catches. Um, still showed some drops. I don't know how many it ended up being, two or three. Um, but I was glad that we were at least going to him, giving him a chance, because he's, what, 6'4", big guy out there, outmans everybody on the defense. And so if we can just keep giving him the ball, something good is going to happen. Like that first drive against Central Arkansas, we just totally outmanned that guy um, and got the touchdown. So I'd like to see him with the ball more often. So this, is, this might be a hot take, but if we kind of if we throw the ball like you know kind of past him where he can catch it instead of behind <laughs> him where the defensive yeah. back would get it, I think we might have a chance. Hey, you might be onto something. I don't know, man. I, I'm Somebody not. Somebody should tell. I'm not a savant or anything, but <laughs> yeah, it was. I did like how they they clearly had a game plan to get the ball to Hobbs, and it was working. Yeah. The only thing I take, he had a couple drops. I didn't think they were too bad though, and is it's like he couldn't get any separation to get. Um, Kind of any big plays. I think his longest play was 15. Yeah, I think I think actually his his was the longest completion of the game at 15 yards. I don't think we had a completion more than 15. And I'm trying to think of any time in the Dane Evans last two years where we had something like that. We were always throwing the ball deep. It is kind of unfair to hold these guys up to the standard of like our all time leader and like. I mean, even passes. his even in his junior year when we were six and six. Yeah, I know. You know, they they clearly need to be better than they are. Yeah. Somewhere in between like this and the best quarterback in the school's history would be nice. <laughs> but yeah, something I, I really did like. Um, we were trying to take shots. We just weren't getting them done. Um, right before halftime in the first half, we were driving down the field trying to trying to put some points on the board. And we had three plays in a row where we threw deep passes into the end zone. Uh, none, none of them ended up working out. Um, but at least we were trying that. It's good to see... You know that we have some kind of confidence in in Skipper to get it there, but the first one, uh, it was an underthrown pass to Keelan Stokes, and broken up by the corner because it was a little bit underthrown, and he could have had that in the end zone, I think. The second one was actually a really good pass. It was right on the money to Keenan Johnson, but was incomplete because of pass interference. So that one was not on. That was not on Skipper. That was a great throw. 
The third one, like really three plays in a row, was nuts. All pretty much into the end zone. Third one was overthrown to Cole Neff, uh, also not, in the end zone. Not Neff's fault. Yeah, that one was that one was on Skipper. Would you say Neff did nothing wrong? I would say that. Yeah, it was just disappointing. Like we tried three times. Two of them we had a shot at an open man in the end zone. Two of them we missed. One of them we hit, but it was pass interference. So it's just it's disappointing we can't complete some of these and put some points on the board really when we need to. Because at that point it was twenty-one-seven. We could have been twenty-one-fourteen going into going into halftime, but couldn't get it done. I mean, I saw I saw a tweet. I forget his name. It's one of like our eight followers. Um, <laughs> yeah, we have sixty like seven. Followers. I think we have sixty nine followers actually. Do we actually? <laughs> I think so. Yeah. Nice. Okay. Nobody else follow us. <laughs> um, yeah. Do not follow us at the Golden Hurricanes. Uh, I forget. He he's a funny guy, but he had a good tweet. But like, this is this might be our best defense ever, and it's just so sad that we're wasting it. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's tough. Yeah. It's really man. It's just the turnovers. We've said it so many times. It's our offense like. We drive well. We have good good spurts of time, and then it's just a shot in our own foot. Yeah, I wish we could get some sort of insight, like, oh, why is things going wrong? But it's clearly in plain sight yeah, what it it's is. just turnovers. If you turn the ball over five <laughs> times, you're not going to win, even if the quarterback on the other team only completes seven passes. And even the announcers, like the announcers at the game, were, we're saying, like, Tulsa is controlling this game, and then we would do something so bad. I mean, time of possession, we held it for 36 <laughs> minutes. We had, like, a hundred and... We almost had more plays than passing yards. How many plays do we oh have? Gosh. We had 107 plays. I think we had 195 passing yards. Okay. Yeah. So, Sorry good. for that early depressing stat. That's just kind of your uh, teaser. <laughs> yeah. This is a pretty depressing episode. Yeah, yeah it's Sorry, hard but... not. We'll try not. We'll try not to focus totally on the bad stuff. But man, it's hard this week. Well, you just mentioned the announcers, so that's pretty bad. I'll touch on that later too. It's those were. I thought you thought Texas Longhorn announcers were bad. These guys just they're they're just really stepping up their game for bad announcers. <laughs> yeah. Really, just that one. Dan Orlovsky, yeah, whatever. We'll get to him. Um, another thing, uh, another thing, again, that was kind of disappointing this week. Um, yeah, another one. Uh, our defense has been really good, and we were pretty good in pass defense again this week, but for the first, what I think is really the first time this season, we had some serious exposing plays um, in the run game. We were missing tackles left and right. Yeah, it was nuts. They had this, their running back's name was Ryquel Armstead. And he's, he's also a D-end. Yeah, that was, that's crazy. <laughs> he was a huge, just kind of thick dude. Yeah, we could yeah. not stop him. They no. call him Rock Armstead on the team, and he was just balling over us. It was unbelievable. I mean, they're trying to arm tackle. You have to get like, yeah, you have to get low. Yep. I mean, I'm, we couldn't tackle him either. But like, you have to get low and like have multiple people come at him, and right. we just weren't doing that. Yeah. So he was tearing us up, and then the other guy who was really, it wasn't just him for Temple that was beating us bad either. It was um this guy Isaiah Wright, who I think. Normally as a tailback, but he was taking snaps at at the Wildcat pretty often, and he was juking us like crazy. I don't know if you guys remember any of those plays, but just like there was, there were two I remember at least where he would have the ball and he would just sidestep three of our guys in yeah, a row. They were diving at his ankles. Yeah, like he'd just stop on a dime, cut to the left every time, and we'd just miss him every time. He'd get an extra ten yards. He only carried the ball four times, but he averaged eight point three yards per carry. Did he do the uh, fake punt? Was that? It wasn't him, but he was their punt returner too, and he was doing a pretty good job on punt returns. Our special teams also did not play well. Well, I think part of that, I mean, we give them so much room to work with in punt returns. I mean, our punt, Bennett's punts go for like probably 50 yards in the air, but they're so flat that, I mean, they get like 10 yards to work with before we have anybody there to tackle him. Right. I mean, it's like a, it's a cliche, but they always say don't outkick the coverage, and he's always outkicking the coverage with those line drives. Yeah, so I feel like, I mean, 
if he just puts it higher up, maybe give them an extra five yards by not kicking it as far. But if it's higher, then we can make that tackle or force them to fair catch it every time. I mean, I'd like to look at how many fair catches have, have like people had <laughs> on our kicks. Yeah, I feel like that's inter- it's, yeah, it's, it's interesting. It Not rarely many. happens. Like we right. fair catch almost all the time. Oh, yeah. do we? Matt? Also, do we? What is up with up. the? Um, we've been we fair catch to like three kickoffs. That's not that bad of a thing. But why? It, why? Why do you do it? Because it puts it to twenty-five. I know, but we're catching them on like the five to ten yard line. Yeah, but the yeah, but, but I mean, it's very easy to get tackled before the twenty-five. On the yeah, I agree, Matt. Man. I, I think I think you're not gonna. It's rare you return it past the twenty-five. I'd on much a rather, yeah, I'd no much one else take, is doing that. I'd much rather take the twenty-five than like. No, a lot of teams in college are. I don't know. Not that we've been playing. Well, I mean, it's <laughs> us. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, our. I guess that's true kick return coverage has been <laughs> super great so far but yeah i just nobody ever fair catches against us and so i feel like you want you would want them to so i mean maybe that's something i don't know if that track is like kept anywhere but maybe that's something i'll, I'll look at yeah like ne- for next week because i feel like next week i'm gonna do since we have no game this week i'm gonna try and do some deeper dives into some stats for the first part of the season maybe look at some of the guys, some of the games we have coming up. Should we maybe touch on something positive? Yeah, sure. Go ahead. Well, I, I, I was just saying in general. I don't know if we've talked about everything wrong. There were, I mean, so for how bad we played, we still. I I kept watching because I felt like we still had a chance to come back. Like some of our team did, we did. play well. No man, I mean we had a chance all the way. the The killer fumble was the one where we had we had just stopped him on three and out. We had scored. We stopped him on three and out. They punted back to us. The announcers were even saying, like, Temple's defense clearly is exhausted. And then we go almost three and out. We went on fourth down, converted the fourth down, and the next play was another skipper fumble recovered by Temple. So just killing ourselves. So the one guy I thought had a really good game and his first since the Central Arkansas game was Corey Taylor. He yeah. looked a lot better than Brooks in this he game. He was strong. Yeah, I think that was partly because of the way they used Taylor compared to the way they used Brooks. Because um, he's such a better north-south runner. Right. And he can kind of he does. Brooks has negative plays sometimes, like literally negative yardage, yeah. just because the way he runs. Taylor never, like, never has negative yards. Yeah, very rarely. Brooks was he did get hurt last game, and so he was running with. Yeah, a he, ankle. he has a bad ankle. Yeah, I don't think Brooks had a horrible game. It's just not. He's not exactly what we thought he was going to be coming in. Like, For we this had game high expectations. Mean? No, the whole year. I mean. I don't know about that. Because I mean, you thought he was going to lead the FBS in rushing. That was my that was my bold take. <laughs> yeah. I don't know if I would have necessarily put money on that one, but but I really I like think he's been, he's been as good as yeah. I but I like so we started. I didn't. I never really got why we use Brooks in the goal line, like on on short runs yeah. in the goal oh, line yeah, because sure. we could just clearly be using Taylor. Yeah, and we did this game. He got two touchdowns. Right, and he was he had a 29 yard run for as long, just an overall good game. And Brooks he had like a three yard per average carry. Um, only 65 yards. So, but I think we should use, um, when I say that we don't use them correctly, I, once again, going back to the beginning of the year, use him more in the passing game. Yeah. And especially since our quarterbacks can't throw downfield. And Brooks, Brooks is shifty. Brooks is probably <laughs> like the second, most shifty or second shiftiest player. Either him or, uh, slip in my name, slip in my mind, number two. Stokes. Stokes, Stokes yeah. Um, yeah, those two, there are, and Jerry and Anderson kind of. Are kind of our. I don't trust Jaron Anderson. I don't trust him either, but he is shifty out there. So let's talk about like games we have left in the schedule. Which ones we think we can win? Um, either I don't know with with Skipper maybe, and then also if we have a change in quarterback and he ends up being improved. How many more games do we have against Central Arkansas? Here. 
<laughs> Good point. Can you hand me that uh, that schedule? So we can go through the games that don't fall out of your chair. <laughs> okay, so we've got, we just came off Temple. We've got Houston, South Florida, Arkansas, Tulane, Yukon, Memphis, Navy, and SMU left on the schedule. So if we keep Skipper for the rest of the season, who do you think the winnable games are there? I think oh. UConn. I think if we keep Skipper, we win uh, two more, maybe three. I think we beat UConn and Arkansas with Skipper. Really? Yeah, and I think maybe we get like either beat Tulane or SMU just because sometimes we win that random home game. Yeah, I think I think two more is our best case if we keep Skipper. I think UConn is a good chance, and yeah, honestly, honestly, maybe Arkansas is our second best chance, which is nuts. I I mean, never would have thought that. What they do this week? They got smoked by Auburn. They, I think wow. they lost, they put up three points on them, maybe six. Wow, it did not sound like that because I was like, I was out of town this weekend with a guy who went to Auburn. He was like, did not seem super excited about it, but I guess it's because he was expecting it. To a <laughs> Even more. Blowout, yeah, I think they only won thirty-five-three. So yeah. I think they're probably expecting was that like the score? Was yeah, there, I think yeah. it was. So what do you think, Matt? Who's the who are the winnable ones if we keep Skipper? And we can talk about if we have a. Well, yeah. so after you say that, we'll also talk about. If we have a second string like Boomer come in, and under the premise that he ends up being better, who might we beat? Okay, so what do I? I don't think so. I'll just go through this. I don't think we beat Houston regardless of who's playing quarterback. I don't Same. think we beat South Florida regardless. So I Agreed. would say it doesn't matter who we have for that. Arkansas. I mean, I have us losing, and I have us. I think we would definitely lose if we had Skipper. But, I mean, if our defense plays the way they have been, but with an actual, like, I don't know, replacement-level quarterback, that's <laughs> a baseball, you know, They do them football, too. Do they? Yeah. Okay. Yeah, I mean, I think we could win that game. It's, I mean, our defense gave up 300 yards and 17 points last week, and then the week before, it was, like, 10 yard or 10 points and, like, some couple hundred yards. Nice. And so, I mean, if your defense is doing that, you should win the game. I mean, we especially, our offense should be scoring more than 17, more than 20 points a game. But, I mean, we struggle with that at times. So, I think we lose with Skipper against Arkansas. I think we lose to Tulane. I think we beat UConn, lose to Memphis, lose to Navy. And then uh, SMU, I, maybe we win. But yeah, that's a toss-up. I mean, SMU's played pretty well against who they've played. They just played some top teams. Uh, I mean, they beat Navy, who beat Memphis. But I mean, that, the circumstances are suspect, apparently, <laughs> because of rain. It was raining hard. So, yeah, I don't know. I see one game that I would be like, yeah, we're going to win that. And that would be UConn homecoming. Not really. I, I don't have too much confidence in the other yeah. I mean, if if Boomer comes in and he is actually better and we show notable improvement in the passing game and the turnover chances that we've had, um, I think we definitely have a shot at beating Arkansas. I think our chance of beating Tulane goes way up. I still think we beat UConn, of course, and then SMU is a potential. But, yeah, even if that's the case, that's four wins. We only have one, so that's still not a bowl game. So I think we're tough. still – so I think Skipper's been bad, but we're just putting – we should get a new quarterback too, but we shouldn't let all the offense off the hook. Because I mean, with the sure. with not a quarterback last year, yeah. we averaged more than thirty points. Yeah, it's a great point. Yeah, and I think, I mean, that's why. I mean, the it's the offense, turnovers though. 
It's a, yeah, you're right. Because turnovers are a lot, but the offense puts him in a position where maybe he's forced to make some of the. Or, you know, he's maybe he's got to take some risks on some of them. And then if he's not protected, that's another. How many of the turnovers were in the their side of the field in the game? Do you have that? Not off the top. Of my yeah, head. I don't either. Um, Seems like most. <laughs> at least I want to say probably two of them. Yeah. So like, so it's like obviously. We were marching decent. I think we had more yards than them. That might have also... That was partially because we had way more plays. Yeah, but so we were doing a decent job moving the ball, but you're right, yeah. Turnover... If you commit five turnovers, you're rarely going to win. <laughs> you're not ever. I, don't, I mean, I'd like to see anybody who has five turnovers in the... In As the a Jags game. fan, I think I've seen Blake Bortles commit five turnovers <laughs> a couple of times, and we still won, Good but... It, no, it's rare. Yeah, well, we'll see. It's so weird because, like... My junior and senior year of college, it was total role reversal. Our offense was so good, and our defense was so bad both of those years. And now, and those were Montgomery's first two years. And now these last two years, it's been the complete opposite, except, I don't know, our defense was not as good as they were this year. But our defense was not bad, and our offense was also not terrible last year, so we were just kind of below average in both cases. But now our defense is really good, and our offense is really bad. So it's totally switched around, which is really weird because we still have the same head coach, still most of the same assistant coaches, I think. So you, you'd think they'd be recruiting um, you know, the game plan that, they, that well, won them the games. Our defense was young last year, and it's, they kind of they returned a lot of talent, yeah. and they're kind of maturing. I think that was part of it. Yeah, I mean, it's just weird because I feel like we're only one step away. Like, we're somewhat competitive in all of these games, and it's like, all we need to do is score points. Which, I mean, it's obvious, yes, you need to score points to win. But I feel like we have, I mean, everything seems to be in place except, like, I, I don't want to say. say I mean, we could have been Texas. Yeah, we could have been Texas. But, I mean, I feel like it would be super easy to turn this team around, and that's to find somebody who's, like, actually able to drive, lead the <laughs> offense, maybe. So I don't yeah. want to put it, like, I'm not trying to... Just, like, talk shit on Skipper all the time. But, I mean, the results so far in these four games have not been super exciting. Yeah. And when you look back on it, he had three touchdown passes last year, and he has four this year, right? And, I, I think mean, so. So, our arch enemies. He almost, he almost has more, like, interceptions than touchdown passes just from, like, interceptions this year. Oh, he does. He, he almost has more fumbles this year than total touchdowns <laughs> in his career. Yeah, that's not a winning formula. That's so. I mean, like, so more sad stuff. But like our <laughs> our rivals at Underdog Dynasty, they did do a good <laughs> article on um, that Mason Fine, the Northern Texas quarterback, yeah. who was two time Gatorade National Player or not National, two time Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year, and he didn't get an offer from TU. Yeah. And he's got like 10 touchdowns, one interception this year. He had 31 touchdown passes last year. I know. And it's like we were talking about this before the show, and uh, I was saying that Mike Gundy, Oklahoma State's quarterback, commented on this, and he was saying the reason they didn't offer, Oklahoma State didn't offer him, was because he was short. You know, and that makes sense. Kind of, it's hard to translate that sometimes to college football, and Oklahoma State has no problem getting these four star, six six quarterbacks like they have in Cornelius, who kind of blew it this week, too, anyways. But uh, regardless, they didn't offer because he was short. But what excuse does Tulsa have for not offering a short guy? Yeah, it's like, short, like we we need those guys to make height plays. matters in like NFL. That definitely like most of the time, like rarely a short quarterback would do. But there's plenty of short quarterbacks who have done good things in college football. Doug Flutie won the Heisman. He's like five eight. Yeah, 
It's the same thing with um, it's college football and basketball. Like the G five teams are are all their like classic best players are these short guys. The best point guards that Tulsa has are always the short ones who don't get recruited by the big schools but are really talented. The best quarterbacks that we have are the similar way. They have the all they have all the talent, but the big schools pass over them because they're short. That seems like a prime candidate. He's here in the same state as us. I don't know how we pass on that guy. Sad. Sad. Just so sad. Yeah, I mean, to be fair, hindsight's twenty twenty. Absolutely. You could have come off and been like, yeah. not great, and be like, oh, okay, not too big a deal. But it's so, but, like, think of just the bigger picture there. Like, you've got this guy, mm-hmm. you know, he's the two-time Oklahoma Gatorade Player of the Year, and you don't even yeah. offer him. It makes you worried, I guess, going forward, like, are we just going to not offer other homegrown talent type guys? I mean, we got to, like, put a foothold down in Oklahoma, get what we can. Yeah. I mean, so, I mean, Boomer's a Oklahoma guy. Yeah, so we, it's, it's it's not like we don't offer Oklahoma guys. This is we seem like we missed on this one. Yeah. It seems really yeah. good. It's a miss. It's just a bummer. You know, you think yeah. You it's would. not like it's not like, I mean, we it's it's not like a huge or it's like hindsight. It's all hindsight. Yeah, we definitely wouldn't be talking about this had he not had the year he's had so far. Yeah. But, oh wow. Right, you guys want to do players of the game? Yep. Let's, sure. Let's do it. Uh, so I don't know. It was it was <laughs> it was hard picking them for me this week, uh, but my offensive player of the game I picked Corey Taylor. Uh, he had those two big touchdowns. Both of his touchdowns were big, like, powerful runs into the end zone. So that's always good to see him knocking people over. So I picked Corey. I did as well. Nobody else was that good. Hobbs was okay, but Corey Taylor was way better than everybody else. Yeah, well, Bruce company. <laughs> Taylor's also. I mean, it's, I guess it's... I mean, he played a good game. Yeah. He deserved I mean, it. He had, he had 98 yards, right? I didn't have time to do some so. of the highlight yards since I was gone this weekend, but... 98 yards, two touchdowns. His average was 4.5. 4. 4.2. Yeah. So, I mean, he was bowling people over, which is nice. I also thought that, I mean, they definitely split the carries better, more like the first game. Yeah. Uh, which is nice because, you know, I guess the fear was. He I got one guess, more carry. I think that's also because Brooks was a little bit hurt. Yeah, that's true. Than Brooks or one more carry than like last week? Than Brooks. Okay. Yeah, I guess maybe the fear was that he was. Injured because I feel like getting hit on that Texas game, like he didn't come oh, back dang. from that. That, yeah. was, that was the that was my fear. So it seems like he's back. Good point. And that's good. So uh, on defense, I'll start it off because yeah. I'm sure somebody else is gonna <laughs> copy me. Uh, I'm gonna go Edmonds Edmiston. That's right. Yeah, we've been saying Edmondson on the show. So sorry, Cooper. Yeah, and uh, I mean that's the two picks. That's great, Pat. I will say, Pat told me this. Uh, before we went and did the interview, but then I forgot to mention it, so I felt bad, so I told him I would talk about it. Pat's bold prediction was that we would have our first pick of the season in this game, uh, and then we had two from the same player. That was our first one? Yeah. Wow. Yeah. And, I mean, the first pick saved, uh, like, prevented a touchdown, yep. which was huge. Yeah, they were driving so, us. I mean, I thought it was pretty easy to pick him for defensive player of the game. Uh, I did not think it was that easy to pick Cooper Edmiston. I picked Diamond Cannon as the defensive player of the game. It's a good pick. Uh, yeah, because on both of those plays, I'm, I can't remember the second one, but I remember he had an impact on it. The first the first pick that Edmiston had, and not to take anything away from Edmiston, those were great picks, but the first one, Diamond Cannon tipped that ball, which caused the pick, and the second one, he also made an impact on the play, but I can't remember off the top of my head what he did to cause the interception, but he was there making an impact there as well. So because of that... Um, and some other big plays he had on defense, I picked Diamond Cannon as the defensive player of the game. Well, you guys are both wrong, because the, clearly the defensive player of the game is... I'll do some build-up, but like, look at what the Temple quarterback did. 
He went 7 for 20, had 112 yards, two interceptions, no touchdowns, and he had a 24.1 QBR. Yeah. And one of the uh, 41 of those 120 yards were two on a 41-yard pass um, to Randall Jones when Keanu Hill was guarding him. And you know who's on the other side all game? Yeah. Evans. Yep. Evans was just, he, two games in a row, just shut down corner. And even three. Like, he was great against, he was like made the All-American PFF yeah. against right. Texas. Evans, once again, like, they just are scared to throw out of him. He had three tackles, a pass defended. That's really a good sign of a corner is when he doesn't really show up on the stat sheet because yep. they don't go to his side of the field. Yeah, he's been lights out. He's been kind of the, the highlight of the defense. Uh, not the highlight, but the like unknown star of the defense because we didn't really know anything about him coming into the Yeah, season. he's a true sophomore, so yeah. he's going to be here for at least one more year. I Probably two TU players don't leave early. Yeah. Um, so we got like two more years of him. He's part of like our secondary played great, and I thought he's been he's been the best part of the secondary this year. Yep, I agree. It's been awesome. All right, Matt, are you ready for the depressing stat of the week this week? Is is it that we don't have special teams players of the week? Oh, great point. <laughs> I don't even... Did I write one down? Oh, yeah, I did. I have a good one for this. Okay, cool. So, yeah, special teams player of the week. Uh, so, I had Cannon Montgomery, the coach's son, as the special teams First player of the week. Cannon, yeah. Nice. So, we got to change our bingo card also because it says Cannon is called a Cannon, but we have... Anybody named Cannon? Yeah. Oh, okay. If they, if they call Cannon Montgomery <laughs> Cannon, then that's yeah. also. Hey, if he like, if we fake a kick and he's the holder and he throws some dart for a touchdown, it what could position happen. does he play? I think besides he's, holder, I think receiver is okay. what he's listed as. I don't know, but yeah, he's my special teams player of the week because um, really nothing else great happened on special teams, and the one thing that he did that was really good uh, was on Nate Walker's one field goal for the game. The snap was really bad and almost lost it. And it was way off to the side, and Cannon caught it, uh, flipped it over really quick. Nate was almost there too early, put it down just in time. Nate hit the kick. Great hold by Cannon Montgomery, so he earned Special Teams Player of the Week this time. Uh, I'll go with Jaron Anderson because he didn't call a fair catch inside the 10. <laughs> yeah, called one on the 12, though. Not the 10. Yeah. Um, I didn't actually have one. Uh, I just was not <laughs> super excited with this you know, special teams this week. Yeah. We had that missed field goal. I thought our punts left something to be desired. We let up a fake punt. Yeah, we gave up a fake punt. Which Matt even said, they're probably going to fake punt like, right <laughs> before it happened. Yeah. Well, I mean, that was just because they did the same thing last week against Maryland, and they scored a touchdown on it. Luckily, we... Whoa, you, you don't play... You're not a Tulsa coaching staff, and you watched tape and saw that? Whoa, <laughs> Matt. They Dude, should see that, too. should hire you. <laughs> it, it, it's just, the situation just seems apt for it, so... Yeah, I didn't really. I thought our special teams was meh, and so I didn't really think anybody really stood out because there was no one great play in my mind. Yeah, yeah, it was a it was a low week for most parts of the game. Except, um, our, except our defense, I thought. Except our defense. defense. Our defense played really, really good. They have been the. We might have the point. best linebackers in the American. I yeah, it seems like it. I'm gonna start bringing the fence post to home games. Shout out Zayvon Collins. He's been awesome this season. Yeah, he didn't get as many like snaps for some reason this game, but he had that huge tackle for loss like, oh my inside gosh. their it would five. Have been almost the safety is that what you're talking about? Yeah, it was like in the end zone. Yeah, man. Yeah. Then obviously Edmondson and Cannon have both had great games, and like Revis and Reeves aren't bad either. Yeah, I think Collins should get more snaps, but still, those it's like those guys aren't like like bums or anything. You mean Revels and Reeves? Revels and Reeves? Yeah. Yeah, yeah they've everybody on the linebacker core has been solid. It's really cool. The, yeah, and secondary and D lines, I think, is decent too. No weaknesses. Yeah. So, taking the maybe one optimistic thing we've said um, 
so far this show. We're going to go into Matt's depressing stat of the week. Matt's depressing stat of the week. All right, thanks for that, Pat. Uh, I know this episode hasn't been depressing enough for all you Tulsa fans. Um, so here's something that I also kind of feel bad about because it's about Luke Skipper again. <laughs> so let's just, well, we'll start it off. So Tulsa is has the most turnovers in the country. Uh, we've lost 13 turnovers. and We should start calling uh, the stadium the bakery with all these turnovers we, fo- we make. <laughs> yeah, and so the depressing stat of the week is that our quarterback, Luke Skipper, leads the country at least to the best of my knowledge from what research I can do in turnovers. He has six interceptions and he has lost five fumbles. And so we have 13 total turnovers that we lost. Skipper has 11 of those. Um, So, I mean, that's a lot. And then if you look at it, there's only two teams in the country, like teams, not players, (laughs) that either have the same or more turnovers than Luke Skipper. Uh, the first one is Rutgers. Rutgers has 12 turnovers. And then New Mexico State has 11. So if you took away all our other turnovers, we would still have 11. It'd be like <laughs> tied for the second worst in the country just based on that. So yeah. That's, that's really depressing. And I think that explains a lot of like why we're losing games. So the only team that has more turnovers than Luke Skipper lost to Kansas this year. <laughs> Oh, God, that's that's pretty bad. And, like, we just talked about that before the show, and so I, I heard that stat before Matt said it, and I just heard it a second time, and I'm still just blown away. I can't... That's so unbelievable to me. Yeah, Pat had... But, I mean, in an optimistic note, Pat, you had something... You oh, yeah. So, <laughs> the quarter, the person who led uh, FBS in turnovers last year was Sam Darnold, and he was the number two pick in the NFL draft. So, I mean... Whoever gets the number two pick this year, you got to pick Luke Skipper. <laughs> them the rules. Yeah, seems like it. Makes sense. So, uh, for my tweet of the week, there were no positive ones. I was literally looking for a positive one because I knew this show was going to be mostly sad things because of how badly we played. Uh, but I really couldn't find one. So, this one is from at Tulsa Hop. I have no idea what his actual name is. His Twitter name is Tulsa's, <laughs> Tulsa's 5-4 and four all-time versus UConn, which is cool. Um, but his tweet, oh, that's the guy that tweeted the one I was talking about. Yeah, he's got some good tweets. Yeah, I, I like following him, and that he follows us. Uh, he's the one who called out our Tom Herman. Uh, yeah, the hipster thing. Right? Yeah, 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 he yeah. like quoted that one. It was awesome. So thank you at Tulsa Hop. But his tweet this week that I picked uh, for the tweet of the week in Tulsa Sports is, I legitimately feel bad for this Tulsa defense. It's probably the best. <laughs> it's probably the best we've had in a decade, and the rest of the team is Benny Hill and shoulder pads. <laughs> and I didn't. I didn't know who Benny Hill was. Uh, when I first saw that tweet, and so I, I asked Matt who was, the, and it was funny even without knowing who that was. Um, but then I asked Matt, and it made it even more funny because then I learned that he was that guy behind that weird song that is played behind all that funny stuff. <laughs> like. If we if we put that music behind Skipper running around and fumbling, fumbling <laughs> yeah. the football, it makes total sense. <laughs> it, it would be great. That was a great tweet. That's a little bit optimistic because it made me happy. So nice job at Tulsa Hop. You're the tweet of the week this week, and I'm probably gonna make some Twitter little video we can put on Twitter that has that has the music behind Skipper running around and fumbling. Maybe not. That'd make me sad again. I'll do it. You wanna take bingo? Yeah, I'll do bingo now. Yeah. 
Okay, so we made the bingo card this week. Um, worked super hard on it. Now it's taking like 20 <laughs> minutes. So we will, each week we will update the bingo card. Kind of have special squares for the game. Um, like obviously on road games, we won't see drone shots in the library. So we'll fix that for upcoming ones and stuff <laughs> like that. And we'll have special ones for the opposing team, they'll probably say. But in total, we hit seven spots. Um, the first one, like the first time he was on the field, uh, they mentioned Thomas Bennett's dad. If you weren't aware, he was a punter. Um, uh, no, six. So he fair, no fair catch inside the 10. It was on the 12, so six total. Um, when Chandler Miller had a penalty and made a bad play, they had to mention he started every game. Like, yeah. So like he does a bad thing. They're like, oh, yeah, super positive Chandler Miller. Um, Saw that one coming, for sure. Skipper, hold the ball as far away from his body as possible. We've touched on that enough. He clearly did it. Um, everyone on offense looks to the sideline. They did that like 20 times. This is what they do. <laughs> Uh, OU mentioned for no reason because they were talking about like Oklahoma geography, I think. Yeah, we're not sure, but we heard the word Norman, and they said the announcer said, "Hey, you know me. I'm a Texas guy. I don't know Norman." So assuming he, he was talking about Norman, Oklahoma, which is where OU yeah. is, it's a stretch. It's almost there though. Yeah, and we'll take it. Take, take what we can get. And "Natural" by Madden Dragons, my favorite song played. <laughs> Even though it's just Paralyzer by Finger Eleven. Thank God. <laughs> Imagine Dragons loves royalties. They just make every song with generic sports terms in them, so sport, so ESPN will buy the rights to it and play it. Okay, so yeah, that was it. No bingo. I think well, the closest we got was three. Yeah, we also had, I mean, there was that one not on the actual ESPN broadcast. Oh, but, yeah. But like a news report. In, oh, the Temple so Tulane. Yeah, yeah they the Tulane <laughs> graphic up. Like, multiple times, apparently. Like, that's the one thing. They kept putting Tulane instead of Tulsa. So, yeah. That counts. Yeah, we'll, we'll look for that up to upcoming games. Like, for other, like, kind of in other markets that we're playing. See if they put Tulane instead of us. It, it'll probably happen a couple of times. Like, why does that happen? Tulane isn't any more, like, noteworthy. Because they are a color-based water phenomenon, man. <laughs> also they're, t- you. they're taking it on ground. They're that's trying true. to take us over. Dude, this, is, this is identity theft at its worst. If we, if we lose to them, oh, God, it's good. Nightmare. Is there okay? I think one thing we need to add on the bingo card is like this is kind of like just up purely to Pat is that the broadcasters do something to piss him off. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> because we were, we were sitting there watching it and they had the uh, what my dad calls the Uncle Rico from Dan Orlovsky, the quarterback for the 0 16 Lions. Whenever they went 0 16, he's most famous, he was the quarterback at UConn, so he's decent at UConn. But he's most famous for when he went 0 16 with the Lions. He was in like there at the one yard line and he was rolling out of the end zone to throw it. And he literally just stepped out of the back of the end zone and got a safety <laughs> with nobody touching him. He just accidentally stepped out of the back of the end zone. Oh. And this guy was the expert for this segment where they literally make two fists to a third of the screen him and the other part of the screen, the t- like the game, from like a super far away angle where you can't actually, it's like the all 22 angle. You can't actually see what's happening. Like, it's so bad, and it's like, his whole thing's like, thinking like, oh, yeah, like, uh, Luke Skipper's probably thinking right now, like, the safety's there, like, oh, yeah, we got, like, maybe a blitz right there, and this is happening, so he's probably gonna, like, dump it off, and he never got it right. He's actually acting out, like, what? Yeah, he had a, a ball fo- he had a football in his hands, <laughs> in a suit, and was just doing that. It was so stupid. It was. And it's not like they did it for, like, one play. They did it for, like, three drives. <laughs> it made no sense, and it was, like... Maybe they're testing it out because it's a Tulsa Temple game and they don't have like a high rating system. Just kind of like, you know, test out segments, see if they work. But I had to live through that. 
Yeah, it was I haven't. Li- not many bad things have happened to me. This is top five worst <laughs> things that have ever happened in my life. Dude, that's a good life. <laughs> oh my god, no, it's not. Because yeah. I lived through that. It was so. It was the stupidest segment ever. It was. It was maybe the worst one I've ever seen on in sports. It, yeah, I. It, I mean, it made the Longhorn like the Longhorn Network look like freaking Bob Costas was announcing. You know. <laughs> All right, uh, we want to hit the five factors, Matt. Okay. Let's see what we got. All right. So, as you guys would expect, uh, the five factors are overall not super great in our favor uh, because we lost. Um, we'll start with the most complicated one, and I'll explain it again just because I know it's kind of confusing to a lot of people. Like my dad was asking me some questions about it. Uh, so we'll do efficiency, and so just so everyone remembers, efficiency is determines looks at every play and determines whether or not it's a success or failure based on some. Determining factors. So a first down is if you get 50% of the total yards you need, so five yards if it's a first and ten. Second down is if you get 70% of the yards you need, and then third and fourth down is whether or not you convert that. So third and fourth are the easiest, first and second kind of. They're not super hard, but I mean when you're looking at every play, it, it can kind of get a little bit overwhelming. So Tulsa's efficiency. Overall, we were 34% efficient on first down. 43% on second down, 57% on third down, and 80% on fourth down. So this is actually like, I think this is, this might be our worst like percentage on fourth down we've had. Hmm. Like, well, I don't know, maybe. It's close. We tend to do pretty well on fourth down. Yeah, that's what I was so, um, so our overall efficiency was 44%, which is actually not bad. And so I think part of that is we ran so many plays. I mean, we had 107 total plays in the game yeah. that... I mean, we're being efficient on 44% of those is, I mean, towards the end of the game, I think you're running down the, the opposing defense and you're starting to get, like, more more yardage per, per play. For sure. Temple, they were 33% on first, 50% on second, 33 on third, and they were 100% on fourth, and that was only the fake punt. So <laughs> that was the only time they went for fourth down. So they were actually really bad on first and third down, decent on second down. And so their uh, average efficiency was only 40%. Oh, I said it. Temple's a second down team. <laughs> he, did, he, he did say that just now. Uh, so if you look at it, that's a difference of 4%. And so that's a pretty big margin. Um, so we were a lot more efficient than them. Part of that is, I mean, the reason why that doesn't come into effect for the final score is really because of the turnovers. So we were we lost the turnover battle. We had two. What? Yeah, <laughs> no way. <laughs> if you hadn't if you hadn't heard. So we had five total turnovers and they had two. So we lost that you know by three. And of those three, two of them were well. Okay, I guess not of those three. Of those five, two of them were immediately returned for a touchdown. And then a third one, which kind of going back to my depressing stat from last week, was the first play, first drive of ours on the second half. They returned that for a touchdown. And so we gave up was it, 14 points right there. And then if you yep. look at... Um, so not great. You take away those 14 points and tie game, go to right. overtime, we win on a quarterback sneak. <laughs> Broadway. So lost the turnover battle. We lost the explosiveness, um, which was... I mean, I'm not super surprised because we only had uh, like 103 more yards than they did in the game, but we had 50 more plays. And so we, on average, we averaged 3.77 yards per play. They averaged 5.26. They were 
they were very explosive in the first half. They were almost eight yards in the first half. They had very few plays in the second half, uh, just because we would have long drives and then turn over the ball, yeah. and they would get it like either short or score pretty quick. <laughs> and so in this in the second half or first half, so we were four point five. They were almost eight. Second half, we only had three, but they had two point nine. So we're actually pretty much even in the second half for yards per play. But overall, we lost by about a yard and a half. Not, not great. Field position, uh, as I, I mean, it was awful in the first half for us. We had started roughly on our 18. They started on their 31, you know, for a 14-yard difference, 13-14. Second half was a lot better, uh, 38 for us, 28 for them. So we were better by about 10 yards. But overall, they beat us. They were at 30 yards. We were at 29 yards. So, I mean, pretty close right there. I mean, yeah. that's almost almost a wash. The one thing to note that I don't count the, like, defensive returns for touchdowns. So, if they have a pick six oh. or a fumble return for touchdown, I don't count that as them receiving it on whatever yard line they got it because they score right away. So, technically, sure. it's not really a drive that they're starting. Yeah. Even on the stat sheet, it'll come up as, as it is. So if you do that, it's actually a lot worse for us. So this is better for us in that regard, but it's not great. Last one, finishing drives. This one is really – so there's two ways to look at it. This It's similar to the way – if like what I just said. I don't count drives where they score without the offense touching the ball because if I do that, then we got, like, smoked by them. And that's not really anything – you. I mean, it's not. It's technically not a drive. Like they're not finishing the drive because it's the offense never touches right. the ball. They don't get it within their forty. So Tulsa had six total trips inside the forty. We only had two touchdowns, a field goal, and we had three turnovers. One of them was a fumble. One of them was a missed field goal, and one of them was just a turnover on downs. Missed field goal counts as turnover. Yeah, I I count it as a turnover because it's technically yeah. a turnover on downs. Sure. So it's the same way that. Uh, so we only averaged two point eight three points. Per trip inside the 40. So not even a field goal. (laughs) Yeah. So real bad. Temple had five trips for two touchdowns, one field goal, and two turnovers. So actually pretty close. Um, I mean, the only thing they're missing is that one extra trip with with the turnover. Uh, That's still enough to put them at 3.4. Then if you add their fumble return and the pick six, which I just did it just to kind of look at it, on that they would average 5.43. So that difference is closer to two yeah. and a half right. points per trip. So that's the big thing. I mean, it all it all comes. I think what this really looks like looks at is that everything was pretty close uh, from the five factors. I mean, pretty close in explosiveness, pretty close in field position, pretty close in finishing drives. Uh, we were more efficient than them. It's the turnovers that killed us, and you can't. I mean, the turnovers are kind of luck based, but I mean, when you have so many of them, it's going to cost you the game. And it did. It's not luck based when you have thirteen. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's just bad. <laughs> yeah. So it cost us the game for what I would say is at least the second game that is completely decided on turnovers because I think Arkansas State was also we you know yeah sure up the turnovers there Texas I mean you could say maybe but that really, one field goal yeah that one really yeah. that one really didn't affect us as much but yeah I and I that's the issue going forward is that if these turnovers I mean you can throw out almost all the other stats if you're giving up the ball as much as we are. Yep. Dang. All right, well, we have a bye week next week, so nothing to really kind of talk about for the week coming up. 
But we can do shout-outs for things that weren't Tulsa football this week. So I think we've got a couple of those. Yeah. So first shout-out, um, this is – it actually it happened last week, but I didn't mention it. Uh, so cross-country, both the men and the women's team swept the Missouri Southern Stampede. Uh, and that was not a small field. I think there were probably 20 different schools in both the men and women's event. And so wow. they, they took first in both of them. Awesome. And, I mean, I always say cross-country is, like, probably our greatest. Okay, I won't say our greatest because Pat will take offense to that. <laughs> but it is definitely one of our most consistent sports we have. I mean, when I was writing for the Collegian, I think we would win the conference. Like, I was surprised if we didn't win. And I, I want to <laughs> say we won it almost every year that I wrote. Yeah. And so it was just super consistent because we always just really good. Uh, the other one is women's volleyball completed the double sweep this week. Um, so they swept the weekend and also swept every match they played against Memphis and Tulane, and they're still unbeaten at home. So if they continue this, they're like going to win a lot of games. Awesome. So those are my shout-outs. That's good. Anything else? I got nothing. All right. Next week, I think we'll kind of take a look back at the season so far as a whole and talk about some stuff there, kind of a deeper dive into what we've done. And then uh, look forward to the next game. I think we're still away, right? At Houston and another Thursday game? At Houston, October 4th. October 4th is, yeah, it's a Thursday. Yeah. So we play on a Friday the next week. Yeah, so that'll be a fun one. We'll look forward to that. It'll probably be a shorter episode because we'll have no game recap to do, and that, that usually takes our, our longest period of time. Um, so looking forward to next week. So I guess we'll close it there. If you have feedback for the show or have something you want us to talk about, you can connect with us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook at Golden Hurricast, or you can shoot us an email at thegoldenhurricast at gmail.com. Thanks for listening, everybody, and we'll talk to you next week. Stay golden. Hurricast. Stay gold. Hurricast. Stay gold. Hurricast.